Business Minds, a presentation of the Texas Business Journals. Brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. In this episode, San Antonio Business Journal innovation reporter Donna Preventure connects with Jasper Weir, co-founder and president of TaskUs who shares the story of bootstrapping the company's early growth overseas while living at home with his parents, and then scaling up U.S. operations in the San Antonio area almost five years ago. I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about your background and kind of how you got to where you are today, both, you know, kind of educational and professional background. Yeah, sure. So uh, Bryce Maddock is my co-founder and him and I have been best friends and business partners since we were in high school and we grew up in Los Angeles together and uh, he went off to NYU for college. I went to USC and we had a business together during college. uh, We were actually hosting parties in Los Angeles at nightclubs for teenagers was our actual real business. No alcohol, really safe space for, for kids to come and have fun. And we actually, that was our first entrepreneurial endeavor. And uh, we used that money to start Task Us in 2008, as soon as we graduated from college. Happened to be literally at the worst point to the month where the economy had just collapsed. And so job prospects weren't great. We moved back home with our parents in Los Angeles and, um, and we started getting to work on Task Us. And the initial business was a lot different than it is today. We uh, originally wanted to figure out a way to help busy professionals, individuals outsource one task at a time by leveraging great talent all across the globe. And that was the start of the business. Of course, TaskUs is an outsourcing company that you handle content moderation, content management for various innovative and disruptive technology companies uh, globally. But outside of kind of the bare minimum pithy description of the company, could you tell us more about TaskUs and what it is and what it does and and what its mission and purpose is? And Yeah. So here's, um, and I'll continue with the story because it makes sense and explains where we are today. But we had started this virtual personal assistant business. We had tried and tested providers from a dozen different locations all around the world before deciding that we wanted to open a small office in the Philippines. And so we opened a small office in the Philippines. We had about five people working for us there and this really basic model online where people could buy task by task and work with our virtual assistants essentially in the Philippines. Now, that model struggled to scale. It was really, really challenging. But Bryce and I had kind of identified ourselves as startup founders. We went and started talking and networking with other startup founders in Los Angeles and in San Francisco, where we spent a lot of time. And we saw that a lot of people were building these venture-backed companies faster than ever. And what we found was a lot of people, when they started building their operational teams, functions like customer support that just required a lot of people as these companies scaled, or content moderation or other things in their operations, what they found was, hey, we're actually technology and product focused companies. That's what we care about. We wanna put all of our resources there. We're not great, or we don't really wanna manage some of, this, some of these other functions. And on top of it, to employ people in San Francisco and Los Angeles and New York, where these startups were being built is really expensive and tough to compete on for talent. 
And so we had this great team in the Philippines. We kind of married these two, two things together and we went to people we knew and said, hey, we can, I think, you know, our team in the Philippines can help you do some of these functions. And some entrepreneurs took bets on us and we started building small teams to do customer support, like email support and chat support. We started doing content moderation for very nascent social networks where we were helping to enforce their community guidelines and keep their networks safe from content that was illicit or things that they deemed unacceptable for their network. And so that's really how we started. And, um, and then we realized, hey, this business model actually works really well. We should just focus exclusively on helping companies. And at the time, we looked around where we were in the Philippines at who we were competing with for talent. Who were the folks that were coming to us? And there were people that normally were considering these kind of call center jobs. And so we looked around at these other call centers and what we saw was these companies were so focused on servicing large customers like AT&T and Verizon or big banks. And we saw that those companies don't have great customer experience and they never really cared about their employees. And so we saw an opportunity uh, in an underserved part of the market and said, hey, we can help these fast growing startups and we'll take on smaller teams and do work that these large companies won't do because they don't think it's worthwhile. But we know these companies are gonna be growing. We made that bet to focus exclusively on the digital economy and work only with high growth disruptors and often starting very small. But that's what works. And at the same time, we narrowed in and doubled down on our strategy around employee experience. When we used to go out to the Philippines early on, we just saw how dedicated our team was. We would stay at the houses of some of our employees because we had no money. And so we had this amazing connection with our teammates and just knew that if we took care of them, they would take care of our customers. And to this day, that those two things, working with high growth companies and delivering a ridiculously good employee experience are the two factors that make Taskus what it is. So was the choice of the Philippines, was that, I know you briefly touched on this, but was initially, was that more because of what you mentioned about kind of cost effectiveness and, and whatnot, kind of what inspired that choice? Yeah, cost effectiveness. Also, the Philippines, uh, about 80% of the country speaks English. It's truly their second language. They um, are very culturally aligned, big social media users as well. And this is actually, Philippines is the number one destination in the world for the business process outsourcing industry. And so it at the time, 2009, had overtaken India. And so that's those are the reasons that we chose the Philippines initially. Mm -hmm. I definitely see the motivation and the inspiration for when you chose to hone in on the subset of what you were doing. But what kind of initially brought you to the idea of founding Taskus in the first place? What was kind of the great motivational factor there or inspiration there? Well, we couldn't get jobs uh, at the time. And, and well, also, um, <laughs> one of the initial ones, actually, um, there's a book by Tim Ferriss, who lives in Austin now, called The 4-Hour Workweek, that really romanticized this idea of a virtual assistant. And that every busy professional would be able to outsource part of their job that they didn't want to do to a virtual assistant. And so that idea was very popular at the time. And we thought that hey, we should start a service that offers that because everyone's going to want this because it's such a compelling idea. In reality, it's a lot harder than it's made out to be, but that's how we got into the business initially. And then kind of as you learned more, as it expanded, then you were able to, to hone in on your, 
a, a more specific vision. Yeah, we failed miserably for a few years before <laughs> finding something that worked. Well, as did most of the greats. So, you know, <laughs> and they say that about Edison and all sorts of folks, entrepreneurs throughout history and inventors. So how would you describe uh, some of the major hurdles that you faced along the way? I know you've you've uh, discussed a few or, or mentioned a few in passing, but if you had to kind of bullet point a list of what you saw as some of the most significant obstacles that you felt you had to overcome to get where you are today for Texas yeah. to get where it is today. One of them was we were, uh, we bootstrapped the business, meaning we didn't raise a single dollar of outside capital for seven years. Oh. So running a bootstrap business where Bryce and I didn't pay ourselves a dollar of salary for three years was also, I mean, was really challenging. We had over a thousand employees and we were still living with our parents at home. Right. So um, that's, this is the kind of scrappiness that we that we had to, but we had no choice because of the times and because of where our business was structured. We just had to pump every dollar of profit back into our own growth. So operating without capital for the first many years was definitely a challenge, but led to some of our core values like do more with less and allowed us to operate scrappy. And we still maintain that scrappy entrepreneurial spirit. Another challenge, you know, we got to talk about San Antonio where that falls into the story as well. I'll go there. You know, we, we are the second country that we operated and we always wanted to open in the U S we had a lot of clients that said, Hey, before we go we, you know, we, we like the idea of Philippines, but before we do that, we really want to have a team local and we want to have a place local. And so for many reasons that the, uh, you, your listeners and audience know, well, San Antonio is such an amazing place to do business and it's centrally located. It's good. I mean, it's, it's great climate and does get a little hot, but that's okay for our, our <laughs> operation. There's no, there's no extreme weather. And there's a budding, there's a budding tech scene and amazing talent. And so we love San Antonio. And so eventually open an office there, but I'll tell you one of the, one of our challenges was now we have, we were in LA, and we actually moved to we actually moved to Austin to be close to the San Antonio operation and be near our clients here. And then uh, and we had this big operation in the Philippines. And starting San Antonio was kind of like doing a startup all again. We had thousands of people in the Philippines and mature operations. But I'd say one thing we've learned is, and some of the uh, early uh, uh, failures on our end were we didn't replicate the things that had made us successful in the Philippines. We didn't replicate some of those things in San Antonio in a way that we should have. We kind of made it harder on ourselves than it had to be and decided to reinvent the wheel. And so that was certainly a great learning lesson for us was like, hey, we're a global company. Let's look at what works well and really make sure we replicate that in future geographies. And we've continued to do that and learn from some of our early mistakes. When exactly was the San Antonio move initially? 2016. Okay. Yeah. And what has kind of been your experience in terms of since then? You know, in what ways has it benefited the company to, you know, to, to have these operations in this area? It's been amazing. The talent is excellent. The support from the local community has been fantastic as well. We've continued to just double down on San Antonio. We, we have a site in New Braunfels as well, which is obviously nearby. And we opened a site in the Rio Grande Valley also. And so we actually just continue to see such an opportunity in all of the greater Texas area for work like this. And personally, I love living in Texas. It's been five years now. And being in Austin has been amazing to see the boom here and the boom of our customers. And then being able to uh, commute easily to San Antonio to be in our offices has been kind of a, a dream scenario for us here. Operating without capital, you had mentioned in the early years, and I wanted to circle back to that for a moment. Was there a moment in time where you were like, 
all right, we've arrived. Like we're, we're in a good place. You know, like, like it sounded like there were kind of a rocky couple of years initially. Like at what point did you feel like you kind of like breathe and you were like, Hey, this is a success. We're, we're doing an awesome job here. I love this, this company, this idea we've had. <laughs> that's a, that's a great question. You know, I'd say uh, it was probably the 2015, 16 timeframe where we grew, we had a crazy year, 2015. We grew from 5,000 employees to 15,000 employees in a year. And I think it was at that point where we were like, okay, we've got something real. Because for so many years, every single day, I was fearful that we would lose the whole business. And so there did become a point, I'd say around 15, 16, which is, you know, that was like seven, eight years in where we said, okay, I'm no longer scared that this business is going to go to zero tomorrow. That is, that is not going to happen. You're and not going to flop, right? We're not going to, we're not going to flop at least tomorrow. And so that was, that was really, it's a really nice feeling because uh, so many years of, of, of not feeling that. So I'd say like that time period, I remember sitting in a board meeting we were having with our first investors after we did a, we did a small private equity round in 2015. And I remember sitting in our conference room and it's, it's this big conference room on a, on like a, a big building with, with amazing views and really nice setup and thinking to myself, like, is this really like our company? Is this where we've come? Now it feels like we've really, like we've really made it. So I'd, I'd say there, there are certain moments like that. I remember that, um, that make me feel like we, we had arrived. And sort of segueing off that question about growth, I'm curious just in terms of, um, you know, whatever hard numbers you have available, I'm really curious from from the beginning, you know, from the inception, from 2008 and the early days to now, what that kind of growth has looked like, you know, like in terms of, you know, how, how many employees did you have in the early days versus how many you have now, you know, your revenue in the early days versus revenue last year, you know, like if you kind of put the numbers to it, what has growth looked like for Taskus since you began? Yeah, growth has been. I mean, it's 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 been crazy. You know, we started. Let's see. We were uh, we started with uh, the, the the business with twenty thousand dollars in capital was was really our initial seed investment that Bryce and I put in. We did single digit millions for the first many years. It wasn't until two thousand fifteen where we prob- where we did fifty four million dollars was the revenue then. Our numbers are available now publicly because we, we are publicly. Tr- traded company, but that, that, that we, we are now, I'll give you a sense from the employee standpoint. We went from 5,000 employees at the start of 2015. Today, Taskus is over 40,000 employees. So, right. so um, even in the past six years, tremendous. This is the past six years, right. And so it's, uh, the, the growth has been phenomenal. It's just been really tremendous growth for us. Taskus President Jasper Weir joining us. In our next segment, he reveals what's different now that he's running a public company. When Texas Business Minds continues. At Texas Mutual Insurance Company, we celebrate the workers who keep your business growing strong. They're a vital part of our community, and we're proud to be on the job with 1.5 million of them every day. More at texasmutual.com slash on the job. Continuing our conversation on Texas Business Minds as Task Us President Jasper Weir joins San Antonio Business Journal innovation reporter Donna Preventure. It's been almost six months since you became a public company. I'm curious what that has looked like for you, like in terms of how what your experience has been going from running a private company to now. And do you view the, your goals, the company's goals differently now? You know, how, how have the two experiences differed? What have you learned? You know, what has that journey looked like? 
Yeah, I'll give you another um, kind of stat on financials too. Our revenue, like I said, 2015 was $54 million for the year. This year for Q3, and our revenue was $201 million in the quarter. So just to give you an idea of the kind of growth that we've had, it's been, it's been pretty tremendous. In terms of running a public company versus private, you know, there are certain functions from a financial control standpoint that absolutely have been added workload for us. And our, uh, our CFO Balaji is, is amazing. So he, he takes the, the, the brunt of a lot of that. We go from having one investor in Blackstone, who was our previous owner and still is our largest investor, to thousands of um, institutionals and retail investors all across the world. And so um, the way you interact with your investors is certainly a lot different. One thing we're really proud of in the IPO, when we got to go to NASDAQ and do the uh, opening bell ceremony, was um, we brought not only some of our executives, but we brought 12 of our teammates, of our most tenured teammates from San Antonio. And so it was amazing to be able to celebrate with them, many of whom had not been to New York before. And, and so uh, it was so awesome to be able to celebrate with them. We also did a one-time uh, IPO bonus where every single person in our company, and at the time there was well over 30,000 received bonuses, uh, cash bonuses uh, to participate in the uh, tremendous event for the business. But I'd say the biggest changes for us, I mean, look, they're, they're, it's uh, having a public stock is can be challenging. It's volatile. Sometimes it goes up, sometimes it goes down. We don't really know why. It's divorced often from what's happening in the business. And so um, what's challenging is your friends and family and everybody can see that and we'll call you when it's going up or call you when it's going down. And for us, we just focus on the fundamentals and continuing to run a great business, focusing on our customers and focusing on creating a great culture for our employees. And the stock will do what the stock does. And so for us, it's really about not letting that distract us, continuing to stay focused on what it is that we do well. The task at hand, as it were. That's right. <laughs> no pun intended. So in terms of the company's goals that are now, you view them as essentially one and the same, like in terms of you you don't think that that's radically shifted or or are there ways that, you know, you, you uh, that that differs now? No, goals are the same. I mean, what, what we're doing as a company is still the same. Nothing really shifts there at all. And so I'm curious if you were to kind of give a rundown or a summary of some of the most significant or consequential achievements of Tascas, both since the beginning and also even in the last year uh, or since, I guess I should say two years since the beginning of, of the pandemic is, you know, the whole, uh, our whole ecosystem has, has changed so much in so many ways. What do you see as the most consequential achievements of the company, both over time and, you know, in the last say two years? Well, look, if we look from a metrics perspective, I think what's more important than our revenue, our profit, or any of, any of those things, the metric I'm most proud of is our score on Glassdoor. We have a 4.6 rating on Glassdoor, and that's with over 7,000 reviews. In our industry, I mean, our competitors are in the threes, if that. I mean, there's no one even close to us. To me, what am I proud of? We have 40,000 people that for the most part, love their jobs. They really and, like working for you, yeah. Like, and, and to see what this means for people and the stories that we get from the front line. People being able to afford a house for the first time. People being able to take care of medical bills for sick parents or grandparents. People being able to send their kids to the schools they want them to go to. Buying their first cars. All of these stories that we hear on a nearly daily basis 
is what I am truly most proud of. In terms of looking forward, what do you see that you're able to talk about coming down the pike in the future? Um, you know, anything new and exciting that's on your radar? What are you looking forward to most, uh, again, both in the you know coming year in the short term and later on down the line? For us, it's continuing to stay focused on providing specialized services to high growth technology companies. So we've got a great set of uh, services we do today for our clients and our clients are growing so fast and getting into new business lines themselves. So really it's about continuing to figure out what are the services that they're gonna need in the next year. And then also figuring out uh, return to office. I mean, I hope in the next year we get back to a position where people can uh, be in our, in, our, in our office spaces if it's safe to do so and it's something that they want to do. We want them to be able to experience what it's like to be in a taskless office. More than well over half of our employees, because we've grown so fast, have never set foot in a taskless office and we want them to be able to experience that. So those are the things in the near term that I'm most looking forward to, to working on. Can you speak a little bit to that dynamic? And I know it's not, you know, of course, unique to task us by any means. Uh, we're all still mostly remote as well. In the context of the type of work that you do, has it made a difference? You know, how much of your workforce is remote? How does that dynamic play out? Um, you know, pros and cons and, and that sort of thing. From a performance perspective, we're so thankful for our teammates that are in that every single day show up to work and do such a great job, even if it's at home not in the um, in the perfect working environments at times, but they've done a great job. So from a performance perspective, we've done fine and we've continued to deliver great service for our clients. Now, personally, I'm tired of working alone in an office. I love people. And so I think that is a real reason we wanna get back. We like being with our teammates. The ideas flow, what you can build from a cultural perspective in terms of psychological safety, trust and vulnerability. It's just harder to do those things on Zoom. And so I think uh, connection to our teammates uh, and also being able to connect with our clients. We love when our clients come meet the teams in person and that's not happening. And so those are some of the reasons we, we wanna get back. But you know, from a performance perspective, can we continue to work from home and do fine? Yeah, we can. These jobs allow us to do it. But uh, I think we can I think we can continue to be more innovative, build better culture and build better teamwork by being back in an office. We discussed briefly uh, some of the services you offer, but I was wondering if we could expand a little bit more on that just for those that, you know, out there listening who might be less familiar with the company. You know, for instance, I know that, of course, your your bread and butter is, is digital customer experience and content security that you also uh, work in AI operations and consulting. Can you elaborate on kind of each of those individual components a little bit and, and you know, what you offer and bring to the table in that regard? Yeah, sure. So um, digital customer experience is the core of what we do. If you're using your favorite food delivery app, ride sharing app, dating app, or anything else usually on your phone and have a problem and need to contact customer support, you're probably getting you could be getting someone from Task Us all across the world. Content security, that's really keeping social networks safe. So if someone is posting something that is in violation of a, of a social network, or if it's a political ad that is uh, that really is funded by, by someone who says that there's someone who they're not um, and, is, and is falsifying information, we remove those things. And then from an AI operations perspective, we're tagging data. And so doing things like tagging images of street scenes that help the uh, ML technology that's building kind of um, computer vision and self-driving cars help actually create that technology 
by providing the curated tag data that builds the tech. In terms of the kind of consulting you do, I know it kind of runs the gamut and that you've even done some consulting for educational companies and and things along those lines. So I know that you have kind of a a wide berth and wide range of experiences there. But can you sort of break down a little bit the kind of consulting, the services that you offer? Yeah, consulting, actually, we we tend to have a a narrow focus on customer experience consulting. And so Mm -hmm. we'll help companies understand journey mapping and how their customers are interacting with their brand We'll help reevaluate or revamp training materials. We'll look at implementations of technologies and making sure they're optimized correctly and have efficient workflows. But it's all things that help drive a better customer experience. The companies that you work with, I know that some of them are, are pretty significant. I'm not, I'm not sure if you're able to, to share that with us, but I was wondering if you could mention a few if you're able to. Yeah, the ones we mentioned uh, publicly uh, in, our, in our filing documents are, are amazing brands like Coinbase, Facebook, DoorDash, Uber, and Oscar. And uh, we're so thankful to all of them being great customers. We've got about 100 more that are names like that. Uh, we, we're so lucky to get to work with the, uh, the, the who's who of disruptors changing their respective industries. I can only imagine that working, you know, with with all of these major companies, all of the world and all the travel and all the, you know, various locations that you've had some pretty exciting experiences or met some exciting people or, you know, I, I guess I'm curious if you have any anecdotes that stick out to you as really memorable experiences over the years that you can share with us. Wow. Yeah, I mean... Lots of international travel and and, uh, <laughs> and cra- crazy flights and jet lag and all, all that. <laughs> but you know what? Like the moments that resonate with me most actually are like the times. I, um, actually, this time of year in December, normally when we're together, we do our holiday parties all across the globe, and we go to a bunch of different holiday parties. And to see our and meet our teammates and get to know them, get to know their families and like understand why it's important to them to have jobs like the ones they they do at Task Us. Those are the most meaningful moments and being able to celebrate with our teammates in a way where we're all aligned to the mission of Task Us. It doesn't matter if you're an executive or a frontline teammate, we're all here for the same reason. And so when we come together as a business to celebrate those things, that's what uh, really, if I look back, those are kind of the nostalgic moments that that I appreciate most. I kind of piggybacking off that, I know you've mentioned a number of times how much of a priority the core values of the company have been. Does that become, you know, more challenging as you're just rapidly expanding? Yeah, I mean, that's why core values are so important and were put in place because we were going from one office where, you know, we kind of had a, we could kind of touch and feel everything that was around us. And then as you expand to multiple offices around the world, core values exist to provide guideposts about how one should behave in the absence of their manager or someone else telling them what to do. And so that's why it's so important to have these core values. There are little things we do throughout the business to reinforce core values from the way we do performance management to the way we acknowledge people, all ties back into reinforcing the core values and the specific actions that represent living each of the core values. I'm wondering what it is when you wake up in the morning now, like particularly with the struggle bus that the world has been for the last two years, what keeps you, you know, doing this? Like what, what motivates you in your role with the company? And also just what, you know, it's been 
13 years. What do you find, you know, most fulfilling? Like as you, as you look back, you know, like what are you most proud of? What have you found most fulfilling? And, and when you wake up in the morning, kind of what, what keeps you going? Yeah, we, we've got such a great team that I get to work with on a daily basis. It's just fun. We're growing really fast. We work with the most innovative brands and companies in the world. And so that's really exciting. But what really keeps me going is knowing, again, the impact that we're having on tens of thousands of lives and seeing individuals who I know who have come up through Task Us and have started their career in one location and have gotten um, r- like risen up through the ranks. Seeing people do that and seeing the stories, like I mentioned earlier, around how we're impacting people's lives is really what keeps me going every day. Do you plan long-term, I know you were talking about the different locations, do you plan to expand, you know, obviously of the San Antonio presence and, and all of these other presences, do you plan to continue to put more kind of brick and mortar spaces as you go along? Is that? Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the future of our brick and mortar will certainly have more spaces. We've just announced that we are going to be expanding into a few new countries soon. Uh, we'll be expanding into Europe, where we'll be going into Poland into Romania, and then we'll also be opening in Malaysia. And that was just announced. Why specifically those locations? I've, I've been to Poland. I love Poland. But I'm, I'm curious from a, from a tech standpoint, you know, what engineered that? What, what's kind of behind those, those particular choices? Yeah, a big, a big uh, focus of ours is being able to offer service in more languages to our mm-hmm. customers. And so you get a really good mix of European languages in Poland and in Romania and a really good mix of Southeast Asian languages in Malaysia. So those are the primary drivers. The only other real question I had for you is uh, just to, to circle back to that, maybe not what your specific immediate plans for the future are, but in the broad scope of things, what are your hopes for the future of the company? We want to continue to grow. We want to be the number one uh, employer in every region that we operate and uh, continuing to, to deliver best in class services to disruptive companies. If we can do those three things, I'd be really excited for our future. Thanks to Task Us President Jasper Weir for joining us. And thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds, presented by the Texas Business Journals and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. Texas.